Hello, hello, good evening or good night to everybody that's tuning in to the latest episode of Miami Total Football Radio, the show, a.k.a. Miami Total Football Radio, the show. That felt good. That was a good one. That was a good one. My name is Franco Penizo. So if you're new here, I am one of your usual co-hosts. Joining me for the second time this week. He goes missing for two months and then decides to come back for back to back. Uh, but if I'm going to be honest, we're a couple minutes late because, you know, he's a total diva now that I'm calling him <laughs> rights holder Jose. He's no longer Island Jose. Well, at least, you know what? No, you're our Island Jose. Island Jose sticks forever. But on this pod, this this one, this week, following the final, you are rights holder Jose because of the job you did on Wednesday night, which, by the way, kudos to you, man. Awesome thank job you, you did there. I caught, I caught a little bit here and there, obviously wasn't able to watch the broadcast that you were on. I, I wish I could hear the the anecdotes that you shared during the game. Maybe you can share some of them with us here. But, no, um, awesome to see you do your thing, man. Um, and I'm sure you're on the pod. You will share with us some insights that you got from the field level, a different perspective that we don't normally have here. My mind to the football radio. Jose, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm, I'm still tired. You know, it was – it, it was a weird day, you know, just because, you know, I, we got home like around 4 a.m., something like that. You know, my 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 cameraman flew in from from Mexico. And so um, his flight was at six in the morning. So there was no point on, you know, him going to the hotel and then <laughs> getting to the airport. So he said, you think you can drop me off at the airport? And I was like, of course. Yes. So, you know, it was. You know, an extended trip coming back from Drive Pink. Thankfully, no traffic at all, which, you know, it was really weird. It took me back to, you know, 2020, where, you know, you could very easily drive around South Florida without a problem. But, you know, it was it was great. It was a lot of fun. And, and then, you know, this afternoon, news dropped about, you know, season ticket prices. And it felt like, okay, so rest, the rest period is now over. Let's get back on track. We got the advisory for tomorrow for training. So it felt like, you know, it's just for a few hours, I was able to step away from everything and then right back into it. So, but, you know, happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you here. And look, I mean, the initial plan was to dive right into the Open Cup final, right? And to discuss what we saw, what happened, the analysis, the usual thing that we do here. But the news today, like you mentioned, which with the season ticket pricing being revealed, I mean, I think we should start there and then work our way right. into the more footballist, footballistic, or I mean, it's not really a word in English, but footballistico, <laughs> the more soccer terms. I mean, that's at the tip of a lot of fans' tongues, if not most fans' tongues in terms of Inter Miami. I've seen either right. other people from other from other cities, other markets talking about, you know, what's been making the rounds there on social media, especially on Twitter. So before we do all of that, you know, hello to everybody that's tuning in and in the comment section there, there's a bunch of comments already. Again, we will have some of you on if you guys are up for it. Uh, I will have to send you a link via email. So you're going to have to, if you want to take part and share your two, two cents um, live with the camera on, um, you know, you're more than welcome to. Even Maybe if they don't want to put the camera on, I think that should be fine. Well, we're just gonna see, well, then we'll just see a black screen and then a random Right, a it would voice. be better if you guys want to put the camera. But I think the most important thing is to get um, the people to have a platform in which they can express what's going through their minds right now. 
Listen, I don't know if we have to show our faces, then everyone's got to show their faces, Jose. I mean, come on, people got to look at us. You got to, got to see, you got to see everything. There's, there's better out there to look at for sure. Um, so yeah, if you want to join us, just let us know and leave us uh, your email there, and I'll send you. I wonder uh, if you can drop a link on the comments and people can just click on it. I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't, but. I don't know. I don't think that that's how it works because then everyone would just pop in and then we're just uh, surrounded by. A bunch no, of, I mean, uh, we'll, let, we'll have teams. a queue. We'll have a queue and we let people in, you know, one by one. But well, let's, we, let's we, we really want to hear from you guys. So hopefully, you know, we get one or two of you guys to to come on uh, on the show tonight so that we can. Who's the brave? Who are the brave souls that will join us face to face to face? Although, of course, if you want to leave your comments as well, just in the comment section, that's perfectly fine as well. As Kata in the comment section says, or Kata, I don't know the correct pronunciation for the username, but. As Kata says, like and subscribe, people. Yes, please. If you haven't already, you want to stay tuned and up to date on all your Inter-Miami news, like, comment, share, and subscribe on Miami Total Football Radio's uh, YouTube page. I mean, you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, but YouTube page is where we upload every interview that happens um, at Inter-Miami, before practices, after games, anything in between, any events. And, of course, our analysis here. So give us a like, comment, share, and subscribe. It really helps us out tremendously, and it costs you nothing but a click of a finger. Um, all right. And, of course, if you're just listening to this post-recording, post-live recording, then just give us a – please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps us out tremendously, especially if it's a written one. We're almost at the number that we need to hit. All right. Pleasantries aside, let's get into the not-so-pleasant things, Jose. Absurdly, in my opinion – Hike ticket prices for Inter Miami season ticket packages for 2024. That was revealed today. Now, this is not information. This is my supposition. I think the idea was Inter Miami's like, all right, we will win the US Open Cup on Wednesday. Of course, yes. And we will, we will, while everybody's on the high of winning another trophy, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, we will drop these ticket prices. And yes, there's gonna be a little bit of a you know, like a a wince, a little bit of a mm, what is that? sticker shock but with the excitement and the buzz it'll it'll even it out it'll smooth out smooth it out obviously they didn't win on wednesday which only makes thursday's news even that much more tough to swallow i'm sure yeah. i mean regardless it was tough to swallow because these prices are astronomical and ridiculous um i mean just what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on what you've seen so far in terms of these prices how how they've gone up so tremendously i mean Obviously, it was going to go up because of Messi and the fa- the X factor, the Messi factor, the Messi effect. But, I mean, is this what you expected? Is this reasonable? Is this okay? Um, listen, from, from what I've seen, I, I haven't seen the, you know, the full list. But from what I've seen from fans, the numbers that I've seen from the fans, it's absurd. I mean, it's, it's way too much. It's, it's way too much. And, you know, as much as Miami and Fort Lauderdale, you know, get a reputation, you know, all over the world about, you know, wealth and how fancy the city is and how a party town Miami and Fort Lauderdale, for mainly Miami, Miami is. Hey, 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 hold on. I've done plenty of partying in Miami and I've done plenty of partying in Fort Lauderdale. Don't right. take but, away Fort know, Lauderdale. <laughs> let's include Fort Lauderdale as well then. Um I don't know for a lot of those much, so that's why. Um, okay. So I think 
it, it they just needed to think about you know the casual fan you know the, the people that really have been supporting the team in the last few years and you know as much as you can say now i think you know numbers at this point speak louder than words or anything that the team could come out and say and yes you have messi but you brought messi to a market that you know is not at that level you know you 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 i mean if you put that prices then you not only have to think about what you have but what what is messi going to to be playing against you know is is that equally are they at the same level so that you can have that same price range and if you're facing messi and uh i'm not gonna say cristiano but you know a team like manchester city or something like that then you know yes that's, that's a huge event but you know there are going to be nights and most of the nights will be without a lot of uh, a, a big big sense of excitement around the games you know midweek game let's say against uh Real Salt Lake, and you're going to be paying those prices. I mean, they really have to think about it. You know, they have Messi, but they are not the Premier League. They are not La Liga. They are not the Champions League. They need to stay well aware of who they really are, aside from Messi. You know, and I think this this can be something that will hurt them after Messi leaves, which is not that far away. I mean, he's 36 years old. And even if he fulfills his contract, it's two more years. So what's going to happen after the next two years? And, and that's something that they can hurt. It, it can hurt them long term. It could be three years because it's an option for a third. And then the idea is that they go to, to the Miami Stadium. Um, Gusechi here is 72 in the comment section says they don't care about casual fans. I mean, listen, right. that seems pretty clear. I think that is not an unfair takeaway when you see these prices, right? Like, we don't have to be um, an economics major to understand that the cost of living has gone up in South Florida in a tremendous way over the last few years. And this is a soccer and football podcast, so I'm not going to dive into the reasons why and all that. But clearly, the cost of living has gone up. The cost of everything has gone up. And yet, I get it. Look, it was going to be an increase no matter what because it's a full season of Messi, Etc. Etc. But these prices, they're not tailor made for. The, it's not made for the working class. I, I can't imagine there's going to be droves of working class people that are going to be able to pay these prices. The people that are going to the games now regularly, I mean, that's why I think there's such an outrage, right? Because these prices are absurd. They are astronomical. I mean. Jose, I'm going to show you some of these prices. We're going to put them up here on the screen before we go to some more comments here because there's a lot of comments here. There's a lot of comments from people who are irate um, and baffled by this price increase. So this, these are some of the prices right here. These are some of the prices. I mean, Jose, I mean, what, uh, everything stands out, but what stands out to you the most there? I mean, there's so much to, to really dive into. My goodness. Uh, I mean... Obviously, that's not you can't see this the seating, but you get an idea of this is just per season per one ticket how much it will cost you. And by the way, if you want to sit in the supporter section, I believe uh, I'm not sure that's the 485 one, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but nonetheless, post. I mean, just look at these numbers, yeah, it's just it's incredible. 
it's it's impossible. Like that's the. I, I'll tell you what. This is this is something that takes out of the picture so many people that have been there since day one, and not because they don't want to be there. They just can't wait, 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 there. wait. Hold on, wait. I think I got it wrong. I put the wrong picture. These are, that's from twenty twenty three. So I just did. I just did it wrong. I did it backwards. Did it backwards. Hold on. Hold on. I didn't, I didn't take a good look. So those are not. Those are the numbers for twenty twenty three. So let's look at that. Let's look at that because you're about to. Your jaw's about to drop when you see the change. So I have to. I have to pull that one up now. I, I clicked on the wrong one. Apologies to everyone who's watching and is like, wait, wait a minute, that doesn't look too bad. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, four eighty four. It didn't even make sense to me. So that was, that's why I hesitated on the supporter section. Um, but go ahead, Jose. Yeah. Yeah, now we'll see the – I thought that was what you were going to do. But, yeah, <laughs> um, it's it, – it's it, like like I was saying, it's, you know, it, it's taking – this is a situation where it's not like people don't want to support the team. It's more like they can't do it. You know, if you can't there, – there are certain things that you want to be a part of, but, you know, as much excitement as, 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 as those – events or um, situations can give you everybody knows their own financial situation and you know what you want to do and, and what you can do and at this point you know it, it feels like um people are going to have to start looking for um options you know i think this is something that already started to happen this year for those fans that you know didn't have season tickets but they were usually going to to the games and, you know, they had uh, already established a relationship with the team. But there, there's also a group of, of fans that they just stopped going to the matches this, this, this season. I think, you know, I, I, got, I had comments from uh, parents and families that, you know, they told me, for me, it's impossible to take my kids. And, you know, it's, it's, I'm not going to go by myself. I have. I want to take my kids, so I, I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to spend two thousand dollars in three tickets, and it's just impossible for me. You know, I have to buy food. I have to pay for for parking. Not even included. And, Parking's not even included in the season ticket package. Like that's separate. yeah. Not only do you have to buy tickets, then you got to buy parking. So all yeah. right, we'll take one last look here. One last look. This is 2023. Sorry for the confusion, guys. Sorry, I clicked the wrong button. Apologies. <laughs> So this is 2023 prices. Just for example, right? The the pink M there for 485 per season. That is in the North Stand, right? Where La Familia sits. That mm -hmm. was for this season. What's coming up here is 2024. Brace your eyeballs and brace your ears because we're about to give you some very gaudy numbers. Look yeah. at that. Look at the difference now. For La Familia, right? Just for a comparison sake, you're now looking at 884. 884, Jose, to yeah. sit for 17 regular season games. That does not include Champions League. That does not include Leagues Cup. That does not include uh, Open Cup. That does not include any uh, – I think maybe it does include a friendly if they do play a friendly, but I can't imagine how many friendlies they're going to play, um, you know, once the season gets rolling given the, the packed schedule that we expect. I mean, we'll leave that up here for a bit so you guys can just see – the absurd numbers that, that exist out there. I mean, look at the midfield logo price, $45,900 for one ticket. I mean, I know there's people out there that have a lot of money, um, but clearly, generally speaking, those, I mean, those seats are definitely not for your average fan. Um, yeah. Even, even the more, 
and I'm doing the quotation mark signal here, even the more affordable ones, like the West Sideline, $2,720 for one ticket. I mean, I guess you could buy a ticket by yourself, but normally people go in at least twos, if not fours, if they have a family or a bunch of friends. I mean... Especially if you get season tickets, right? Because, you know, if, if you get season tickets, that means you're going to get at least two, three, you know, so that, you know, it's, it's the right investment if you want to go to all the games. Because if you don't go to all the games, then this is not a problem for you because you're going to have to pick and choose and you know your budget, right? But if you really want to be a part of the full season experience, then you have to go with season tickets because if not, then you'll end up spending double or triple buying single tickets for every single game. So, I mean, this is, you know, season tickets are supposed to be a, a benefit for for the fans. And at this point, you know, with how prices have changed, I think it's, it's I, I mean, I cannot even consider that a, a benefit at all. You know, it's... Kyle says, rather fly to Europe and watch champions. Mike V shares a similar comment. With 10,000, I can go to Europe, stay a couple of weeks, and watch Highland three times. I mean, yeah. I mean, so let's get to the crux of it. We'll get back to the overall point of these prices are ridiculous, but let's get to the crux of it. Why are these prices so high? Why is Inter Miami pricing out the average fan here? Why is it going for this approach? Is it really just all about money, Jose? It is about money. It is about money. I mean, I understand that this is a business. I completely understand that this is a business. But, you know, I, I think there there needs to be a balance as well, you know, from the team. And um, at what point do you want to jeopardize your relationship with the fans for three years, let's say three years? I mean, how can you move past? How can you rebuild a relationship when you had the best player in the world, you basically kicked everybody out that can that they couldn't afford the ticket prices. And then when this is over, and you know, they're not gonna get anything better than Messi. You know, they're not gonna get Mbappe, they're not gonna get Haaland in three years. Those players are not coming to Inter Miami. And so they're they can't go any higher from Messi in three years. And when they move past the, the Messi era, they can't just call back the fans and say, hey, listen, our ticket prices are now what they used to be because we don't have Messi anymore. So you know what? Come back. Now Now we need you again in the stands. Be a part of us. Be a part of La Familia. That just can't work that way. Yeah, I, th I think I think you do some real damage to the relationship that this sticks, at least at least for La Familia. That, I mean, those prices aren't as unreasonable, right? So relatively speaking, compared to everything else we saw there on the screen, um, not as unreasonable, but still clearly maybe a, a smidge too much or a bit too much, right? Like they, they could make it a little bit more affordable for people that have regularly attended games and are regularly attending games since 2020. Tech721 in the comment section says, last year they couldn't give tickets away to get people to the stadium. And that is a fact. That is a fact. I know of plenty of people who had tickets and would try to give them to friends and people were like, ah, no, 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 I can't to this time. Maybe next time. And now they're going the complete other way just because Messi's around. And like you said, Messi's not a forever commodity here. 
for Inter Miami. These jerseys that are here in the background that make my backdrop, at some point they're going to have to be replaced because Messi's not going to be here for forever. At some point I hope to have a really cool background like Jose, but this is the, <laughs> this is the best I can do uh, with the two Inter Miami Messi jerseys, uh, La Noche and uh, The Heartbeat. Um, there's another good comment here. It's from Enrique Montalegre. Replaced my central AC last week, and that was cheaper than the price they are asking for my renewal. I mean, it's it's absurd. It's absurd, Jose. It's absurd, and it does come down to money. It does come down to money. This is one of the bad side effects of the right. Messi effect, right? Like, But they can make money in so many other ways, Franco. I mean, really. I mean, they can – I mean, I think we all expected, you know um, – an increase, right? I mean, it's normal to have an increase when when you have Messi. You have a, a much better product with Messi on the field. And then again, you know, things can happen within the season. I think we all know, and we'll talk about that later. We know about what could happen and how many games he could really play and, and all that. But we're not going to get into that because, you know, things can happen. It can be really good or it can be really bad. But aside from that, we knew that uh, ticket prices will... will, will will increase. But they didn't they didn't have to go this far, you know? Because this this really takes people away from it. You know, and it should be the other way around. It should be, you know, giving fans from Miami that have been football fans for years from all over the world that live here in in, in Miami. Give them an opportunity to watch the best player in the world wear your jersey. Your Feel, feel that you have an identity with the team. Build an identity with the team, you know. And, and if, if that's through Messi, through Messi, then so be it, you know. Let it be. It's it's easier that way, of course. But with this prices, I mean, this is, this is going to continue to be a situation where fans will rather watch from home than really get involved. And the best way to get involved is once you go to the stadium, once you're there, once you see him, once you see the – the fans, you get involved, you really love the environment, everything around the team. When you're watching from home, you know, the game finishes, win or lose, you move on to the next thing on the TV channel or your Netflix or whatever. So you don't build a relationship that way. Carlos Nunez, our first ever Facebook commenter, because I just found out how to integrate my Facebook uh, football account on here. Carlos Nunez, the first Facebook commenter says, outrageous especially for la familia members that's a slap in the face with a surprise looking emoji doofster says here to talk inter miami season ticket fatality a new wiseman i'm an atlanta fan and i say that la familia should walk out and protest over these robbery hikes i mean yeah i mean everyone feels pretty uh pretty miffed about this i mean everyone that's vocalizing it on twitter i won't say everyone mostly everyone is you know, try to No, but if you're vocal about this, it means you care. You know? Because if if this is something that you don't care about and you're happy with just moving on, you know, and you know, okay, this October I'll, I'll go to my last game. Next year I just won't go. It's it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. Then that's it. You you know, just just go on with your life. But if you're talking about this. If you're showing that you really that you, this is something that really bothers you, it means that you care, and those are the people that you really, really, really need to think of. 
Haiti football says it's okay. Don't panic. Messi's playing for Violet AC next. It's time to go to <laughs> Haiti to watch him. Uh, Violetta AC is better than Inter Miami. LOL. Laughing. They had a very good run in um, Champions League. They 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 won against um, Austin. They did. Yeah. Now I don't know. I don't know. I haven't done the numbers, so I haven't. You know, I'm better with words than I am with numbers. Clearly, saw the botched job I did here with the with the graphic. Uh, but Mike B says I did some quick math, and it's fifty million dollars in ticket sales if they sell all. So basically, they want to pay Messi with the tickets. And bro, it's not like they're selling five dollar beers. Shake my head. I mean, it's true. It's true. It's it's not just like this price is. These prices are ridiculous on their own. And then you take into account again, parking's not included in that. Concessions is not are not included in that. I mean, are Champions League games included? I don't think so. Uh, they are not. The, seven, the mean, 17 regular season games. So, I, I mean, mean what, what is Strike Pink Stadium going to look like? The, the one, the one, I guess, I don't want to say silver lining, but the only thing that could potentially give people a reason for optimism, although I doubt it because there's such a long waiting list, right, of people that are trying to get season tickets if the current people don't renew. But the only thing that could be is that it says prices are subject to change. So yeah, but that usually means we, we might go higher. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you think? All right, let's 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 go let's go at it. Let's tackle it or look at it from a different way. I mean, what do you think, Jorge Mas, Jorge Mas, right? The local guys, not necessarily David Beckham, but Jorge and Jose Mas. What do you think their reaction has been to the reaction, their immediate reaction? And I'm sure they've seen it on Twitter. Or they've heard about it through people that are you know, that work for the club and that, that are higher up and that talk to them. I mean, what do you think their reaction is? And I, I have a feeling you're going to go very uh, sarcastic or um, humorous here, but I, I'm being serious. No. What do you think their reaction is? Get your joke out of the way and then give me what you actually think. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not joking about, about anything. My, my thought when you, when you ask me this is it doesn't really matter what they say now because – you know, these are numbers that were probably under, I mean, they were under review for weeks, right? I mean, this is not something that they're just figuring out right now. I mean, this is a situation that is pretty clear. I mean, prices are way too high. And um, aside from the result from last night, I think their reaction might be similar. You know, it might not be the same because obviously, obviously there's frustration because of them not winning the, 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 the trophy. But I think Jorge Mas, you know, if, I mean, this is fixable, I guess, you know, if, if there's a situation in which they can really listen to people and, and, and make an adjustment, I think that would be ideal. So I would say actions speak louder than words at this point. Do you think there's any chance that they correct this, that they, I mean, at least for La Familia, right? Because I don't, I don't imagine that they're going to just course correct and make everything cheaper. Like, I'm sure this was carefully no. thought of, this was carefully planned. Any chance that they go cheaper for La Familia? I mean, listen, we've seen La Familia express their displeasure on different occasions. And when they have, they've made some noise and they've caught the attention of higher ups and ownership. And it's led to conversations. I mean, That's the way it should be. What an, absolutely. Would another demonstration potentially help change this? At least for La Familia. Because, again, I can't imagine that overall they're going to change 
all the ticket prices. Right? I'll like, tell you what. More than that, it's going to come down to how many uh, packages they sell. If the numbers are really low, then that there's there's a chance. If they are selling out in two weeks, forget it. You know, if they feel like the numbers are where they need to be, they won't care. I mean, these are it's it's a business. It's and, a business, uh, Jose, but you've got to think long term too, right? You've got to think right. Long but right term now they're just... cashing in. Right now they're cashing in. I mean, it's it's gonna be similar to to the league scop situation and Messi, right? I mean. He was winning, 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 winning. You got to a point where you won a championship. Everything was great, but it was just too much. So I guess they're going to be making money, a lot of money, from now on until 2026, maybe. And after that, they're going to have to figure things out. Similar situation. Now they have to figure things out with Messi. Is he going to play for the last five games? Is that the reason why he didn't win the Open Cup? I mean... Steve Munoz, is the club going to blame inflation as well? Uh, with, with a thinking emoji, Joseph James says, the honest truth, I can't do this. This isn't even with the new stadium in mind. I mean, I feel you guys' pain. I, I do. I really do. Yeah. Those prices, I mean, it's just not fair to those of you who have been going consistently for all these years, who have been uh, backing the team when nobody else was. I mean, I'm very curious to see what DraftKings Stadium looks like next year. I mean, you know, there's a chance it could still be mostly full. Although, Jose, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe Inter Miami has sold out a game since the Cruz Azul match in the League's Cup Open. I don't believe so. They may have gotten close, but I don't yeah. believe they've had official sellout. Yeah, I think they did just over 20 last night. And, you know, the League's Cup games, most of them were around 19,000, which, you know, now capacity is at 22, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, there, there's always going to be people who are going to want to watch Messi. I mean, next year, I'm sure people are already making plans for next year. Like people coming from overseas, from Central America, from South America, um, they're going to be here in Miami for vacation and, you know, a game's going on. Of course, they're going to go, you know. When you're on vacation, you do things that you would not do, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And that's so, that's going to continue to happen. So, that, so that's where, like, I'm curious to what happens next year because, all right, they're going to sell their season ticket packages. Maybe some people that have current ticket packages or a lot of people that have current ticket packages will say, no, I'm not renewing for that price. Okay. Then there's a long waiting list, right? From what the information that came out months ago and at the beginning of the year, there's a long waiting list for 2024. Obviously with Messi, that's going to drive interest. There's going to be some people that are going to say, yes, I'm taking that, taking that chance. I'll pay whatever, whatever the amount is for the seats that I want. But some of those people obviously did so or are doing so with the idea of reselling tickets, right? And if those tickets are that price now? Imagine on the secondary market. Are people going to buy those price? Going to buy those tickets at those resale prices consistently? I mean, like you said, yes, tourists that might be in Miami for a weekend that come over from England or France or Argentina or Colombia or wherever. Maybe for one game, yes, but is that going to be consistently enough to sell out DraftKings Stadium? I mean, it's a very no. interesting situation that Inter Miami is putting itself in here. I get it. It's a business. 
they want to make money. I do think it's a slap in the face to the people that have been around for uh, these first few years before Messi was here. I mean, there's people that want to go for football reasons. This is a soccer organization, right? It's a franchise. So I, I try not to say club because it's single entity, but whatever. If you want to say club, you can say club. Um, it, it just it just feels wrong, man. It just feels wrong. It feels wrong. And, and to me, it goes back to a bigger point, which is just how soccer is run in this country by and large, right? Like you see that everything, and of course it's the United States and it's, you know, money reigns in the United States, but it just feels wrong that the that soccer's being managed this way from higher levels, and that has the trickle down effect um, all the way down. So, um, yeah, and I think especially with Messi, it's different because there are so many other things that you can do to make money if that's what you want. You know, if you want to make money with Messi, there, are, my goodness, it's you know, and probably aside from Cristiano, is there only those are the two names that. You know, you 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 have money guaranteed right now in in in, in football, and, and and having Messi in MLS, I think we already know what the at least we got a sense of what the you know the potential is. But again, I think here the the main main point is what happens when Messi is gone. Are people traveling from? Argentina, are they going to pay a ticket to watch uh, Ben Hakremaski in the, in his last season with Inter Miami before he moves on to to the Premier League, let's say, you know, final game. Are they going to care about that? You know, um, these are fans that are going to be here for Messi. If Messi is gone and he moves on to play with Orlando City, they will go to Orlando. They will go to Magic Kingdom on Saturday and on Sunday. They will watch Messi with Orlando City. They don't care, you know. And the fans that are being bothered by this are the fans that um, last night, and here's a little bit of insight from 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 being on the field. you know, from after field the, level. Right, right. Here we go. After the match finished, and obviously there was a lot of disappointment, but there were a lot of kids, a lot of kids like that ran to the first row and they started yelling to pray, players. And you will think, you know, the name that they had in mind was Busquets. And no, that was not the case. They wanted Kamal Miller. You know, they wanted Ben Hakremaski. They, they wanted those names, you know, names that as soon as the kids started yelling those names, I was like, Hmm. Yeah, there is a relationship there with the little ones and the players that are not, you know, as popular. They they, they don't make headlines every day, but there's still a relationship. Those kids know who they are. They want to get pictures. They want to get autographs. Well, I guess now those kids are going to have to watch from TV because it's going to be really hard to for any parent to take two kids and a wife and, and go enjoy Inter-Miami. It's just not, not going to happen. Unless unless those kids' parents have a lot of money and are willing to fork over that lot of money. I mean, listen, we all only have – I won't say all only because, again, no umbrella terms. A lot of us only have so much extra money to do things with, right? Again, cost of living is high. I mean, to pay those prices, you're really going to have to prioritize Inter-Miami 
over a lot of other things if you're not super wealthy, which I would say the majority of us are not. It's definitely a bitter pill to swallow. Um, again, I feel for the for the fans. A lot in the comment section are expressing their dismay, their frustration. Hopefully, hopefully there's some type of course correction. I mean, you can bet and count on us that whenever we talk to ownership again, which will be at some point, whether it's this year at the end of the season, whether it's next year before the season, whenever we have the chance again, uh, we will make sure to ask the question um, about this and, and what the thought process is long-term, what the vision is long-term. And if there's any fear that they're jeopardizing breaking a relationship um, that was probably the strongest out of um, anything going on between the fan base and the organization. But um, I think we'll leave it there with regards to the ticket for now. Do you have anything to say, Jose? We didn't have any brave soldier that wanted to show their face. So I think we're just going to have to uh, – Switch gears to the football side. Right. Let's do it. And, yes, yeah, Steve Munoz here says, Franco, the majority of us don't make that kind of money. I'm with you. Right. I don't yeah. make that kind of money. I told Jose before we even started this, like, if we weren't media members and we get in for free, right, if I, if I was not a media member, I'm a soccer guy. I'm a football guy. I would be going into Miami games on a regular basis because I love the sport. At these prices, I don't know if I would could – accept that i don't know if i could pay that i don't know if i'd be like all right yeah let's 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 shell out that much cash it just it no. seems it seems ridiculous to me so i, I feel again i feel your guys is pain i feel your guys is pain hopefully something is corrected at least for some portion of the fan base um especially the most loyal ones that have been there from the start host it let's talk about some actual football especially since you are on the field and can provide us with some more insight from the green rectangle. Uh, Inter-Miami loses the Open Cup final. Misses a chance to win a second trophy on Wednesday night at Drag Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 2-1 to one defeat to the Houston Dynamo. I didn't think Inter-Miami would lose. You said there was a chance if Messi didn't play. Well, he didn't play, and they lost. And in that first half, they were... Outplayed tremendously. Yes. In the second half, they got better. They pulled one back in stoppage time. They left. They, they were like a like a bad college student. They left it till late. Scored a goal in the 92nd. Try to make a late push, but too little, too late. Yeah. What were your thoughts on the defeat on the match? And I guess we'll get to Messi here. I guess we'll start with Messi actually. You know, the fact that he didn't play. Yeah, well, um, you know, I think this one is on Tata. More than Messi not being available, I think the team was not ready to compete. You know, the first half. And, um, you know, it's, I guess it's an acceptable excuse, you know, how tired the team is. But for me, I mean, that's a situation where, that comes into play in the second half. 70th minute, 75th minute, team is tired. Okay, I can take that. A lot of games, that's that's for sure. But the team came out flat from the first minute. If you're playing a final, you're not tired in the first 15 minutes of a final. I mean, you have 
the excitement, the adrenaline, everything going your way. You're playing at home. You want to win a championship. You can't be tired in the first 15 minutes of the game. And yet, Inter-Miami played probably one of the worst games in, in, in since Tata Martino arrived. And I think that's on him. I think that's on him. And also, you know, credit goes to Houston. I think they, they play really well. You know, they... I think the the game was decided in the middle of the field, and that's where Tata made the mistake to me, including Benja, which you know he didn't play a, a solid game, and Gomez, which to me, and I wrote about this this morning. I think Gomez, he the next five games for him are very important because if he doesn't find a way to turn things around, I think he's going to be one of one of the disappointments of the season. Gomez, he gets the start. He didn't perform. Other than you know, I guess the idea was for both of them to help out Busquets in the middle a little bit, and I think they were not the solution, but a problem, an added situation that Busquets needed to find a way to figure out how to give them the ball in the right position. Just overall flat performance, and I told you this in the mix zone: the faces of the players from the first minute. They, they, I didn't get a sense of confidence at all. They felt like lost. And that's why I asked the players in the mix zone several times if the messy situation, the not knowing, was something that bothered them. Because there's clearly something. There was clearly something within the team. They with no confidence. And it was just Houston Dynamo dictating the tempo and just dominating the game in all, in, in, in every situation. It was very disappointing first half. So I spoke to Hercules Gomez. He had me on his podcast earlier today talking about the final. And we talked about the terrible first half. And I agree with you that it was one of Inter Miami's worst first halves since, or worst halves in general, since the Messi era began. Now again, Messi wasn't there. We'll talk about that in a little bit. You put it on Tata. I put it on Tata as well. I like Tata's head coach. Overall, from what I've seen, and not, not just with Inter Miami and over, over the course of his career in MLS, I like what I've seen. I like how he, uh, by and large, expresses himself in in, comment, in, uh, in press conferences, whether I agree or disagree. I like what I see from his teams from uh, an idea standpoint. But in this one, I think he got it wrong. Now, it's true, like you said, that the team is tied, right? They've played a grueling stretch of matches over the last couple of months. Since from League's Cup to Open Cup to regular season, midweek matches littered in between. I mean, they're tired. FIFA dates. There's been FIFA dates, sure. They're tired. They're a tired team. Tata Martino, for example, he's not speaking to the press tomorrow before practice. Second time he's done this in recent weeks. What, what we've been told is that he, or what we were told last time, I don't know about this time, is that he's also fatigued from talking so much to the press and having to make so many appearances with the media. I mean, this team is tired. That is, that is a fact. That does not excuse the terrible performance they put forth in the first half. And that's why I put it on Tata. I think he got it wrong. And this is where we're going to dive into some things and some, and some comments here. I mean, there's a lot of comments in the comment section. We'll get to that in just a second. But... The information I got was that Inter Miami did not do a walkthrough with the starting 11 on Tuesday. 
Now, Tata Martino may have done that because he didn't know yet. He was trying to figure out what best complement of players who are fit. Because that's what he talked about a lot in the postgame. It's like, you know, I have to pick from players, some players who are more tired than others. And he talked a lot about that. He offered that up as, as a major reason for why the team didn't perform well. Which I take as an excuse because when they've won games, you know, that, that comment isn't harped on as much. It's convenient now that they lost to say, oh, well, now my team's tired. No, that first half was abysmal. And the reason for that is, I think, my, my opinion, the team didn't know, one, the lineup until Wednesday, hours before a game, when they met, when they met in a meeting. And then two, which, listen, some coaches take that approach. Sorry, going back. That, some coaches take that approach. They don't put the lineup out until the day of the game. Okay. But Tata then makes changes to the lineup and to the tactics, not having rehearsed, not having insight. Uh, they didn't rehearse the different things that he implemented, right? Because they played a 4-5-1 defensively at times versus Houston Dynamo with Facundo Farias coming in on the right side. We've never seen that before. We've never seen a 4-5-1 from Inter Miami under Tata Martino, not that I can recall. And, and I don't think it's uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Help me out, Jose. Too many words. I mean, English and Spanish words, sometimes they get lost in there. I don't think it's a coincidence that Farias had a terrible game. I think he was uncomfortable. He didn't look like himself. I think he was just not ready. He was trying to, to do too much. I don't think he was ready to play the role he was asked to play. I don't think right. he knew all of what he had to do. Then on top of that, that's a tactical decision. The lineup decision of putting Diego Gomez, who hasn't played in almost three weeks because of the injury he suffered against Peru, with Paraguay during World Cup qualifying. I mean, he said he wanted to, Tata says he wanted to have <laughs> fresh legs. <laughs> we got a dog appearance in, in, on the podcast. <laughs> um, but Tata Martino said that he wanted to have fresh legs, which is why he had Kremaski and Diego Gomez. That was his thought process behind it. Why would you not have Dixon Arroyo? I get that maybe Diego Gomez makes no sense. It's more yes. energetic, he might be fresher. But you, they didn't have anyone to really give them that presence in the midfield to break things up. Busquets isn't that guy. Kremaski is a hustler, and he runs hard. He can get stuck in, but he doesn't have that presence that Dixon Arroyo has. I think that that was a big mistake. And I think that, that those two changes, in addition to not having walked through with the team, the starting 11, I think that all came into play there. You can also add in the fact that Messi, of course, wasn't in the match day roster, right? Which was the biggest talking point going into the game. I think all those factors contributed to the worst first half in recent memory for Inter Miami. Yeah. I, I would add came, two and things. it came in a final. And it came in a final. That's that's right. the unfortunate reality and the unfortunate part of it all. Yeah. It, it came in a final and that and that proved costly. But for Tata Martino, who's an experienced head coach. It's 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 a tough pill to swallow. Listen, he's yeah. got he's gotten the team to two finals. You win some and you lose some. You know you can't win every single final. Or the hope is that you do, but you know at some point you'll lose one. They lost one, but we got to look at the reasons why they lost. And I think Tata Martino is is the main culprit for why they lost right. this one. Yeah, I think there were some of the situations within the game. You know, that were pretty clear. They were clearly not working. I I think one of them was. You know, that matchup between Christoph and Quinones, I mean, that made no sense at all. It, even, I mean, even Yedlin couldn't stop Quinones. 
how dare you <laughs> send Kristoff out there um, to chase Quinones? There, there was it's just not a good matchup there. Um, Noah Allen, you know, th- th- I think this is something that we talked about before. You know, whether you wanted to have the young Noah Allen on the left side or maybe try switching Yedling to the left and having Robert Taylor play on the right side. Um, Noah Allen, you can't blame him, but, you know, obviously, you know, he was he was not great. And, um, you know, one more thing that I would add is Leo Campana, he wanted to get touches and he moved back a lot and way too often. And that's a situation where, Tata Martino needed to address that situation and, you know, just let Campana know, we need, we need you at the top. We need you uh, as much, uh, as close as you can get to the box. That's where we need you. We need you to score goals for us. We, we don't need you to work uh, on the build-up. We need you to finish. And this took me back a little bit to the Gonzalo Higuain days, remember? When Gonzalo Higuain wanted to get back. He wanted to play as a 10. He didn't want to be the striker inside the box. And at that point, we were always, at least I was, um, blaming Phil because at that point, I thought Phil needed to let Gonzalo Higuain that he needs to be the goal scorer. Well, similar situation happened last night. And, um, you know, it's just, I, I think it's just way too many mistakes from Tata. And like right. you said, I mean, it's it's fine because, I mean, you're going to win some, you lose some, but we got to look it at the reasons. And yeah, you got to correct those reasons. And again, he he didn't have it easy here. Tired team, no superstar player, no starting left back. You know, th- those things add up. Absolutely. Right. He, he had a difficult challenge going into this game. Yeah. And I think the approach was, I mean, the idea was good because, you know, if you win the middle against Houston, you're pretty much in control. Because if you win the middle, that means you're taking out of the game Hector Herrera, you're taking out of the game. Um, uh, Carrasquilla, and those are the two players that, you know, can pretty much control the game for them. And then they go through the wings, fine. They don't have a great striker, but they can go through the wings and they can do damage like they did in both goals. But if you win that battle, you're in good shape. Problem is, you know, the I, I think the, the personnel that was on the field, they just couldn't perform the task. And uh, unfortunately for Tata, he he made the adjustments way, way too late. So let's listen to Tata Martino on the idea behind it all. Listen to what he said post game. It's in Spanish. We'll translate for those of you that don't speak Spanish or understand Spanish. Bueno, eh, eh, las dos cosas tienen incidencia. Lo que buscábamos con tanto con Benja como con Diego es tener dos interiores que pudiesen ser profundos. Eh, que pudiesen ganar espalda, entendíamos que no necesitábamos un volante más en la zona de inicio del juego y de ahí la decisión de jugar con dos volantes un poco más ofensivo de lo que sería Dixon con, con Sergio. ¿no? Y, este, y después optamos por cambiar porque sí ahí necesitábamos un poco más de control, a vida cuenta que decidimos poner otro número 9 y entonces necesitábamos este, construir mejor con alguien cerca de, de Busquets. José, you're up for translation since you are the rights holder. Don't be a diva, don't be a diva. Just give us a quick snippet of what he said. No, well, what he, he talked about Gomez and mainly he was trying to explain and I think this is part of 
Tata recognizing his mistake because within the question, he goes straight to Benja and, and Gomez, which obviously were the two players that, you know, didn't perform or didn't, you know, fulfill the task that, that they were on the field uh, for. Um, he talks about more of the offensive side of things, you know, how they, he wanted them to move right behind the midfielders for Houston. But I think the main problem, Franco, was not offensively. It was defensively the problem for Inter-Miami because they basically didn't have the ball at all in the first half. If they don't have the ball, if they don't have the ball, there's no way this team can be successful. This is a possession-based team. And so he tried to explain that a little bit, you know, mainly the offensive side of things. And I don't know if I sense frustration from Tata here, but it it, it feels to me like he knows where where he made the mistake. He knows what where, where the approach was wrong within the middle of the field. And that's mainly what he talks about. Chamberlain Wonder in the comment section says, Inter Miami was sleeping while an over-prepared Houston Dynamo snatched that cup from them. So I'll, I'll add this to what Tata said in that post-game press conference about the game. There was a moment where he starts talking about, you know, the fatigue. He talked a lot about the fatigue. But he talked about having to make a choice. And he said at some point, I'm paraphrasing here, that if he had chosen certain players, maybe they start the game well, but then maybe they can't maintain that level in going into the second half. So he bet on other players and with the idea that they would, you know, obviously play to a certain level, but they couldn't. And then they got better in the second half. He does also add that he didn't think that his substitutions at halftime were the reason why Inter Miami got better. He just thought it was, he said he thought right. it was just a yeah. natural response from a team that was down two to zero playing in a final at home, blah, 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 blah. That I think is just coach talk. That I think is nonsense. Yes. The yeah. halftime changes he made is because he thought they needed to address shortcomings, deficiencies. El replanteo de Tata Martino fue para corregir los errores, right? He went to make up for the mistakes he made with the starting lineup yeah. at halftime. So that post-game speech about, oh, no, it's just we're looking for this or that, more control, and we just happened to play better, I think that's I think that's just you know him trying to cover himself publicly. Absolutely. 100%. But I, think, I agree with you. I think he knows, as a man of football, a man who's been around, that he, he put – you know, any decision a coach makes is a gamble, right? And he gambled, and it didn't pay off. And it paid off – or it didn't pay off in the worst way in one of the worst moments because it was a cup final game that you and I said leading into it is probably going to be the last highlight of the season. I mean, they can still make the playoffs. We'll talk about that again a little later on. Um, but this was the this was probably one of the last peak moments for Inter Miami this season. This was a unless, big moment, unless, you know, unless they can pull it off. Make final it at home, you know, before before the the match, you know, since I was Mister Right Holder. So I, I had an opportunity to talk right to holder Jose. Right holder right, Jose. Right, right holder Jose, yes. So right holder Jose got an opportunity to talk to Busquets before the, 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 the game. 1v1, very short, but nothing, you know, spectacular. But which which you were not afraid to post a picture of on your social media channels. Jose. Right, yeah, yeah, I needed to. Yeah. <laughs> so um in that conversation. I, I asked him about, you know, playing it's a different moment for the team. You're playing at home. You're playing again with, with your fans. And 
this is a big game mainly because obviously you're paying for 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 a trophy, but you're gonna have that opportunity to celebrate with your fans and and have that moment, that connection with them. And 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 Busquets, he said, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we really we're really looking forward to the opportunity of you know celebrating. Not that you know winning away from home is not important or it takes anything away from a championship. But winning at home, it was something that they really wanted to do, and I think that's 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 the main thing here. More than you know, not getting the second trophy, it was when are we going to get that experience again? You know, how long is it going to be? They had an opportunity within hours, and now you know, obviously the playoffs are still a possibility, but that that doesn't mean you're going to get to play in a final. You know, a playoff game is not the same as a championship game. And it's going to take some time for them to have that opportunity again. And you never know if, if it ever is going to happen, especially playing at Drive Pink. So I think that's the main thing for me that, you know, I really felt bad um, with, 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 with the fans. I'll share some more of that later on. Uh, so uh, I did a piece for the Palm Beach Post. My first time writing for the Palm Beach Post. Uh, they asked me to do some coverage for them, which I did um, happily. And I wrote... The lead was what was supposed to be a special night for yeah. South Florida soccer turned into a painful and forgettable. I mean, the, everything was positioned for Inter Miami to celebrate at home with the fan base, lift the trophy, have you know festive scenes late into the night, and they missed the opportunity. Yeah. They whipped on the opportunity. And again, it's sports. Look, you're going to win some games. You're going to lose some games. El otro equipo juega también, right? You have, a, you have an opponent that, that goes up against you and is going to try to do um, – their things to, to win the game as well. Losing is always a possibility, but for Inter Miami, which was the favorite, uh, yeah. it, it definitely stings. It definitely stings. Credit, uh, a lot of credit to to the Houston Dynamo fans, though, because they showed up in, in, in a good way. And, you know, leading to the game, I don't know how many Houston Dynamo fans were comfortable with, you know, paying a ticket and booking a hotel and, you know, doing everything that's required for you to go on the road. And they did. They did it good in, in a good – I mean, it was at the Houston Dynamo Hotel, and there were a lot of fans there too. So when it comes to team hotel and stuff, I mean, some of those probably are real, like, you know, I'm not going to say real. They're fans that are, you know, just fans of the team in the day-to-day. But when it comes to team hotels, you also have fans of the team that are – you know, related Family. to the players, they yeah. are connected no, to the club. I mean, I mean, you would agree that they show. How do you know? How do you know that a lot of those, a lot of that portion of Houston Dynamo fans weren't like people that work for the Houston Dynamo front office? No, they were. They were for sure. For sure. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like they could be just club employees who just threw on a jersey and they traveled over because it's a big game, and then they're just in the stadium, and you just think that they're just average fans when they're actually someone that works. No, but for the there team. was a good number of fans, like on. There was um, there was Houston Dynamo fans with messy Houston Dynamo jerseys with the ten on. I don't know if you saw that on social media, but there was yeah. more more than a, a few couple. Um, that just like this, but just in the orange Houston Dynamo, and it said messy, which is interesting to see. Interesting. Well, see. but I mean, if your team is playing against Messi on a final, you want to be there. I mean, for, for both things, both things. I of mean, course. you want to watch I mean, Messi play, and you want to watch your team beat Messi. I mean, of course, it makes but, sense. But it's a midweek game, Costa. You got to take time off from work if you, you know, right? If you have right. A no, that's right. I'm telling you. Yeah. So, 
Um, you touched on something. You want to watch Messi play. A yeah. lot of us, almost all of us, wanted to watch Messi play. Mm-hmm. He did not. He watched yeah. in casual clothes from the suite with his family at field level. Field level, Leonel. Yeah. I thought he would play, to be honest. I know. You You thought he would start. Yeah. I told you I thought, I thought, I told you I thought he would be on the bench and come off the bench. He yeah. did neither. He was not in the 18-man roster for the final. We had asked Tata before on Tuesday, right? We recorded on Monday night. So what happened on Tuesday, we haven't covered here. But Tata, more along the lines, said that it's not anything overly serious. Messi doesn't need any surgery. That Inter Miami is not trying to be mysterious about it. It's just yeah. a matter of them not wanting to give out information that can alter the Houston Dynamo or any opponent's game plan for them, which makes sense from a certain standpoint, especially because, as I reported earlier this week, I spoke to a league official, a club or a team official, a couple years ago, and they said one of the reasons why teams do not report injuries, why it's not consistent across the board, is because MLS has no universal rule for how teams have to report injuries. So some teams decide to be forthcoming about it. Some teams choose to be uh, very hush-hush. And there's no punishment. There's no right way to go about it because MLS decides not to have a universal rule. I think MLS should have a universal rule. I think there should be much more transparency and clarity. But we go back to the main talking point from the beginning of the pod. It's a business, and MLS chooses to prioritize the money more so than the sporting side far too often in my opinion and this is another one of those cases because if you know ahead of time that Lionel Messi is not going to play and that's the only reason you're going to consider buying a ticket and spending on concession and parking and jerseys and merchandise in the venue and you know he's not playing then you're not going and if you're not going then MLS isn't making money Inter Miami's not making money so I think that's one of the reasons why Tata Martino He's being a good soldier for the organization, right? So he's withholding the information of saying he's not playing because he had no problem saying it, right? Because it's funny how he says in in the press conference, well, I'm not going to say if Messi is going to play or not because why should I do that when I can keep that information to myself? Right. He didn't, he didn't, that didn't prevent him from doing it before the Orlando game, right? After the, the injuries happened against Toronto FC when they came off against Toronto FC. He said immediately in that post-game press conference, they're not playing on Sunday against Orlando City. He had no problem there giving the opponent a heads up. Right. Plus, but when know, it's a but when it's a home game and and the money matters a little bit more because it goes directly to the people who are paying him. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got to be a good soldier. So I don't blame Tata. I blame the overall process from MLS. And this wasn't an MLS game, this was an open cup game, but it's still, it's still same relevant. concept. It's, it's, still it's America. It's a, it's America. It's American football. I mean, not American football. American soccer. I should say so that I get, you know, I could clear things out. That's that's the way things are managed here. Let, um, let's listen. Let's listen to Tata what he said yeah. post game on Wednesday about why Lionel Messi did not play. No era prudente que juegue. Está claro. Ni siquiera para considerarlo algunos minutos eh, porque corríamos riesgos. Y sí, él va a jugar seguramente antes que termine la, la liga y 
a partir del de partido de la previa del partido de hoy iremos partido a partido definiendo la situación para ver este en qué momento el departamento médico nos dice que él está en condiciones de jugar sin correr riesgos So to paraphrase, Messi was not ready to play. He was not even in consideration for minutes uh, off the bench. Just he's not there yet. That expects or hopes that he'll play again before the regular season ends. Um, it's just a matter of figuring out with the medical staff when the time is right without avoiding any risks. Or without or with avoiding any risks. Is that right? I don't know what I'm saying. So yeah. Now, now, now. Okay, all right. I got it right. The second time. Um, Jose, what are your thoughts? Because on Tuesday, I asked him very straightforwardly what's going on with Messi, and to give us a little more insight. And he says, "Oh, you know, he's he doesn't rule out any possibility. Messi could start. Messi could play." And then on Wednesday, he's saying, "Oh, he wasn't even in, in consideration." And I'll add this: from what I heard from sources, Messi on Monday did not train in any capacity. On Tuesday, they said that he practiced after the media left, right? Because when we were there during our 15 minutes of availability, we didn't see him out there. When we left, Tata Martino said he came out and practiced. What I heard from sources is that he was on the field, but he was just doing his own individual work, running around essentially. Not even ball work, not with the group. Clearly, he's far away from being 100% healthy. Yeah. So they knew that on Tuesday. They didn't say it on Tuesday. On Wednesday, more forthcomingly, says he wasn't under consideration. A lot of people feel uh, done wrong by in terms of that because people are spending money again for tickets and everything, which goes yeah. back to the point of the business. I mean, what do you make of it all, Jose? What what well, what are your thoughts on it all? To to that point in particular, you know, I got some of that from the fans. You know, when you're <laughs> um, uh behind the, I, I was be, i was behind the goal for the for the entire game right you know behind me la familia and so many people went by and they were asking all media members that were there um why didn't you guys tell us before and some guy <laughs> came up and he said if you would have told me i wouldn't be here i wouldn't have paid this ticket you know he was wearing uh an argentina jersey But we were getting blamed as to why didn't you guys tell us that he was not playing. There was another group of fans, which it was heartbreaking to watch, that, you know, it was families, like little kids that, you know, when they were running as close as they could to the field, and they started looking for him, you know, during warm-ups. Two little kids, I'll never forget them. They started looking for him. Where is he? Where is he? Mom and dad right behind them, also trying to help them uh, find Messi. Obviously, they didn't know that he was not available. And once they figure it out, obviously, kids, you know, crying and he's not playing. We're not going to see him, blah, blah, blah. That side of this whole situation, and I think that's something that Tata addressed a little bit in You know, that's out of his hands, right? Because, I mean, he's not going to play anybody just because, you know, there are people of in course. his hands, you know. And that, that, that wouldn't be right for the player. Um, so I think the situation brings frustration. But from the coaching staff standpoint, my perception is that they knew he was not playing. Of course. You know? 
they of knew course. he was they knew he was he was not playing. Um I I was I was one that thought he was. I, I thought, you know, this was like the perfect game to pretty much close out the season with into Miami. To push I him. Think, push him for the final yeah. appearance, right? And and you know, maybe it could have happened. I mean the scenario worked out in a way that if you bring him on for the last 15 minutes, they managed to score again a goal in stoppage time. Joseph had a situation or two inside the box that maybe he could have finished. With 15 minutes, I'm not going to go out, out there and say they're going to win the game. He's going to score three goals in 15 minutes. But it could have been one of those scenarios that we saw in League's Cup. You know, it's not completely out of the picture. If you have him play 15 minutes, at least. You know, because I, I don't think that's there's going to be any any bigger game than this for the remainder of the season. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, especially if, if well, okay. that's that's there. with the assumption that he's OK to play, which he's not OK to play, regardless of what they say. Right. They, they've been covering up the injury for a while now. First, it was uh, muscular fatigue. Then it was scar tissue. It's clear that he's not close to 100 percent healthy. That is crystal clear. And again, the information I have is he didn't train on Monday, ran ran alone by himself essentially on Tuesday. He's not anywhere close to playing, Jose. We don't know the severity of what he has. We don't even know exactly what he has. And look, every journalist and every media member does the job how they think is right. And I'm not one to criticize any one particular person. But I think in general... The media, local media, is not doing enough of a job of pushing to find the answers. Like I don't think we're doing enough to find out what's going on. Like we're just taking the the answers at face value of like, oh well, he's got this and he's got that. No, because if that's the case, why hasn't he played or why has he only played one game in the past three weeks? And that was like thirty six minutes in the starting appearance, and then he subbed himself off. I mean, there's more to the story. There's a lot more to the story. I think. We have to do in general, just overall, all of us do a better job of trying to get some answers. Tomorrow's going to be very difficult because we're speaking to Javier Morales, who, I mean, if Tata Martino is a good soldier, then, you know, Javier Morales is uh, commander in chief because <laughs> goodness gracious, man, that man knows how to avoid a question um, with, with incredible expertise. Um, it's, it, I think Messi's injury is more serious than they're letting on. Do we see him this weekend? I doubt it. Highly doubt it. When, when when might we see him again? I don't know, man, because he's got international duty coming up. Argentina would love, I'm sure, would love to call him up. Well, Tata was pretty clear about you know if this is if this was not a final, we we're not even thinking about it. So there are no more more finals coming up for Inter Miami. So I guess that's that's very telling, you know. I think to me, I still believe you know there's there's. The national the national team plays a big factor here, you know. I I think I think he still cares a lot about the national team, and rightfully so because, you know, with Inter Miami there's still plenty of games, but with the national team, I'm not sure how many games are are, are there left for 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 Messi, you know. I mean, it's Copa America coming up. It's uh, but Copa America will be, you know, one tournament. Uh, it's gonna be here. It's not gonna be the same. It's not gonna be the same as playing in Argentina a World Cup qualifier. You know how many games are left for for Messi 
in in a monumental, let's say. You know? There there are just a few games left for him. And I think he still wants to cherish that moment as much as possible. And if that means he needs to sacrifice the Open Cup and the regular season for for Inter Miami, I think he'll do it. So let's let's listen to Serhi Kristoff here. When he we asked him or I asked him about uh not going not having the walk, right? And and not finding when did they find out that Messi and Jordi Alba were not playing. I got was you guys didn't walk through the starting eleven yesterday at practice. Normally you guys do that. And when did you guys find out the starting eleven? Oh we, not always we do that, but uh, we but today before the match uh, we had a meeting. We knew that uh, Leo and Jordi they both not ready for this match. Of course, they're important uh, players for him, but as I said, their health is more important. Their health is more important, is how he finished it. Jose, we'll wrap up the, the game analysis here. Uh, we could go on longer because the second half was better from Inter Miami with the changes they made. But not having Messi in the field. Not knowing he was going to be around. I have to imagine you have to know in some capacity, though, if he's not training, that he's not going to play. But just the mystery behind it all, I think I think that did impact the team in some way. I think that yeah. does influence things a little bit. Even if barely, I still think it does influence things a little bit. And, and of course, without his presence, I mean, this team has looked, you know, if with Messi, they're here. Without him, they're here. Even though they've won games without him, they're still here without yeah. him. And, and against a very... Uh, fired up and well prepared and well drilled using Dynamo team that just giving them a first half, you know, just wasting the first 45 minutes has just put them in too big of a hole. Um, yeah, sec- second half it was better. And Joseph Martinez scores uh, a well taken goal, but that's even after he misses uh, or wastes a couple of opportunities. Like, there's that one two on one, if I'm not mistaken, with Campana, where Campana plays him the ball and it looks like, hey, this is the chance that they're going to pull one back with plenty of time left in the game. and the ball gets kind of caught underneath him, or he gets behind him. And he just he botched that one. Um, just just not good enough overall from the, from the entire team. Um, yeah. It's not on any one player, but um, you know, I think I think Tata bears a lot of responsibility. Um, but the team also, also let down. Yeah, I think it's on Tata. I think it's on Tata more than anything. It's on it's on him. But you know, then again, I think he's probably tired too. You know. It's it's it could be. It he could is be. tired. He's not even speaking to us tomorrow. It's the second time he's yeah. done in a couple of weeks, man. Like this <laughs> again, and I think it's a clear sign of how exhausted this team is. Like they are they're drained, man. They're drained, not only because of what they have to do on the field, but off the field, right? Like and we were speaking to some people in and around the club recently, which helped bring some insight to it. Tata Martino doesn't just talk to us, right? He doesn't just do media with the local media that's at practice. He also does stuff with you know, Apple TV, you know, with the broadcast partners, he's got to do different interviews for that. So he's got a lot of media requests because of what this team is now with Messi and, and all the media attention it gets. It's an equipo más mediático, right? The most right. media attention-grabbing team. So he's got a lot pulling at him besides just what he needs to focus on in terms of a soccer yeah. and football aspect. But guess what? That is the challenge you signed up for when you said, I'm going to coach in your mind with Lionel Messi. That's the challenge they have. So you've got to manage that in the best way possible. All right, I'll say very quickly, 
to begin wrapping things up, let's just go into this weekend's game. We're not going to do a whole deep dive here. We can we can save it for the post-game analysis next week. Inter-Miami hosts New York City FC on Saturday night at Drive Pink Stadium. It's a matchup between 14th place Inter-Miami and a New York City FC team that currently sits in ninth place in the Eastern Conference. They hold that last playoff berth as of right now. These are six-point game. These are the standings. These are the current standings. It's it's massive in terms of Inter Miami's chances for the playoffs. Yeah, it's a six-point game. I mean, there's you you have to win that game. It's a, it's a must win. If you know, they lose, is, right? What happens? Well, well, you know, it, it couldn't be as dramatic if they lose because there's Montreal as well. Right, Montreal could lose. Right. Yeah. So things could still be the same, but this is more about an opportunity. And, you know, maybe people will understand a little bit more our point from, from the Orlando City game with this one, you know, because it doesn't matter how it ends. It doesn't matter if you're down by three goals and you score three goals in stoppage time and end up 3-3 three, three and you get a point. That's not good. That's not, that's not, that's not going to be good. These are the games that you have to win because of the situation that Inter-Miami is in right now. There's no moral victories at this point. There's no feeling sorry about Inter-Miami. There's no Orlando City. We played well. There was no Messi. There was no Alba. And still, we got a draw on the road. We started 19, uh, under 19, under 20 players. You need to get three points. At this point, this, there's no other way around. But for Inter-Miami, say so must win. doesn't matter how. They need to win the game. Gusechi72 says, come on, man. Tata is tired of what? He's just a coach. He is not a construction worker. <laughs> uh, listen, you're right. right? And I agree with you that Tata should not, Tata should not be avoiding media just because you know he's fatigued from doing so much media. Again, it's part of the job he signed up for. It's part of his responsibilities as the head coach of Intermite. I agree with you fully. But I can also understand on a human level – Someone being drained and tired of something. But listen, just because I'm mentally. tired, right? Mentally. Mentally, mentally drained, right? Not physically. But just because I'm mentally tired from writing articles, does that mean I just get to stop writing articles? Or if you know um, a teacher is mentally drained from teaching students on a given day, do they just get to just not go for that day? Just I mean, you could call out, I guess. No, but you'll miss details. Um, I mean, it's not the same if I call you at three in the morning. So for then I need you to write an article, then you're most likely to miss something than if I tell you to write it at four PM or at nine AM. You know? I don't know what I don't know what that, that has to do with what we're talking about. But well, I, it's I, just I it's a different he's tired in the sense that, you know, it, it's a lot going on. Sure. But that's out. what he signed Freddy, up for. That's not, what he signed up for, Jose. That's what he gets paid right. a lot of money for. I'm just right? saying that I'm just saying that that will <laughs> you know, that might be a reason for him to make mistakes. It's human as well, you know? Kyle, Kyle says, writing articles while Danny Vanilla drives back home is clutch, Franco. I don't know who Kyle is, but they're very up-to-date on my on my Instagram stories, which, <laughs> which is fantastic. I, I'm starting to think it's somebody that I know, like, personally, but I just, I just don't know. Um, I don't know who it is. Um, so, I mean, they've got to win this game on Saturday, right? Um, to continue to, to stay in the fight. Um, I guess they could lose and still be in the fight, but I mean, it's one less game. I mean, this is a home match. 
They've got to capitalize on it. Have to win it. We don't. We don't expect Messi to play, right? Or do you? Are you going to tell me you expect Messi to play? No, no, not anymore. Not anymore. I'm not taking any more chances. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait until I see him. Well, tomorrow, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know if we see him tomorrow. I'm not. I don't think I'll be 100 percent positive that he plays. But I guess tomorrow will be a good indication of uh, is he making any progress or not. If we don't see him tomorrow, and in the first uh, 15, minute, 15 minutes of training, then definitely, you know, he's really, really far away from playing. We'll see if he is at all in uniform tomorrow, how much he does um, with the team in practice. I don't think he plays, just my supposition, my sensation, not inside information on that one. I just don't think he plays. I don't think he's ready. Um, for Inter Miami, if he doesn't play, they clearly got to do better than they did on Wednesday night. What's the key to the game, Jose? Uh, it's interesting, you know, because normally I will go with something related to tactics, but I think the key to the game, it's to overcome the disappointment of losing the final. Everybody at this point feels like Inter-Miami, they can't make the playoffs. They won't make the playoffs. So if they want to keep hopes alive, I think this is a big game. And for that, they need to overcome mentally the challenge that was losing the final. If they embrace that challenge, then, you know, I think they'll, they'll be up for it. If not, I still don't think they will end up losing that game, this game. But it looks more to me like a draw. Hmm. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough for me to put out a prediction here because it depends on what Inter Miami shows up, right? And let's listen to, let's listen to this Drake calendar here as, as we wrap up um, this week's show, or this week's second show, because he does talk about rebounding and finding a way to move past the disappointment and frustration of Wednesday night's loss and focusing on a still – doable task of making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that we lost the final game, you know, but there's a, a little bit of perspective we have to add to it to where we just played two finals in 60 days. We still have a lot to play for uh, this season. You know, we're in a decent position to make playoffs. So, um, of course, we have to feel what this felt like and we have to accept it and move on because we have another game on Saturday and another game next Wednesday. We have to be in a, in, a, in a mindset and, uh, and physical ability and like our energy wise to be able to perform and get the points we need to make playoffs. Very Drake calendar like. <laughs> very, very Drake calendar like. <laughs> Jose, I'm going to say if Intermind is going to win this game, they need someone to. I'm not gonna say play like Messi because that's not possible. But someone's got to pick up the slack. It's been Farias by and large, but somebody's got to do it if they're going to win this game. Someone's got to either pull the strings or create the moment of magic. That that has to happen. That again, we saw in Miami with you know they're gonna have the ball probably. They're gonna possess it. They're gonna have their stretches, but they need someone to be that creative spark or that lethal finisher when the chance comes up and about. Someone has to be a difference maker on this team. And they lack that when Messi's not on the field. They lack that difference maker. And if collectively, right, collectively you're tired and 
you're not on uh, fresh legs, right? So that collectively you're going to break the other team down from the run of play. Then somebody's got to put the team on his back and win it for Inter Miami. They need an individual moment of brilliance in Messi style. Just someone that has a good game and dominates their individual matchup and makes an impact and is the most influential player on the field in the attacking half. If they do that, they win this game. If they're going to rely on them just breaking New York City FC down collectively from the run of play, given how tired that I said they are, and I mean, you know, let's let's be fair, they are tired, then I think they need they need somebody to have individual brilliance. That's the key to the game for me. Formation. Do they stick with this four-man back line? Do they go back to the five at the back? What do you think, Jose? I think they go to five in the back. We keep saying that, but then they didn't do that in this final. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and that was surprising to me because I thought, you know, because of the Noah Allen situation, I thought he – I think that that exposed him, you know, and on the left side, just, you know, playing as a left back by himself on a final. I think he needed help there, and – um I think I think Toto Toto plays. I think Tata likes Toto Aviles. I think Tata likes um, uh, Gomez, and he's probably the on it, uh, by himself on that one right now. <laughs> but he's going to continue to trust him. Uh, I I think I think they go to five in the back again. Yeah, I agree. I think they go five at the back after seeing how exposed they were defensively. Right, I think Tata will be like. I got to get back to showing things up when, in case we get hit on the counter. Um, so I think that's what Tata's mindset will be. I think to go back to five at the back. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what what lineup he. I won't even ask you to predict the lineup because since there's so many moving parts with all the fatigue. I mean, yeah. it's just going to be a tough, tough exercise. Maybe a fun exercise, but last time you kind of struggled with it, so I won't. Uh, yeah, I won't yeah. put you through the ringer again. <laughs> um, I don't want to put myself through the ringer either. That's that's the more honest, uh, honest. Uh, assessment there um all right jose i think that does it for this week's show i have a final thought you do have a final thought all right we're doing final thoughts all right jose go for it well my final thought it's a huge thank you to a lot of people that came to me and said i listened to the podcast and i really enjoy it please continue to do it so thank you guys if you're not watching right now you're probably watching later or listening on uh, apple podcast or any other platform thank you so much listen here's the situation when i'm not on the field when i'm not rights holders jose when you're normal island yes when i'm island jose or cinco i don't move around a lot on game days i will go (laughs) to the press box and i would go he's lying He's lying. The mix zone. He's lying. He's lying to I, you guys. I, I saw him leave a press box to go buy his mother-in-law a jersey. Oh, well, one time. Yeah, in the middle of time. a game. In the middle. And he came back drenched in sweat minutes into the second half. I told yes. him he was the best son-in-law in I'll, the state. I'll do anything for my mother-in-law. Fantastic. So I'll, I'll, I'll do anything for my mother-in-law. So that's why probably I didn't get to see you. But I really appreciate you guys coming over and and, you know, it's it's great feedback. I mean, I know Franco, you get it a lot, but uh, it was it was great. It was great. So I really want to thank everybody, and hopefully you continue to watch the podcast and um, and yeah, that was great. So I'm very thankful, and that's my final thought. It it, it is nice to meet people that you talk to and exchange comments with, opinions with, whether it's on Twitter or the, it's here in the comments. Like it's nice 
to meet people um, and just see them face to face. And I think, Jose, we've invited you, the fans have, and I've invited you to oh, the yes. same type of exchanges that we've that. had. Yes. Milton Aparicio invited me to come over to the to the Southern Legion area. And I just couldn't go because I was live at the moment. He didn't know that, you know, I was live. I, I had a headset and I had people talking to me and he didn't know that. And, and I couldn't explain him to explain him that I couldn't go at the, at the moment. But I, I really appreciate that as well. And I promise that I, I'll go before the end of the season. I'll go. I can't go this Saturday, but I'll go. Stop being one. a diva, sir. Stop being a diva. <laughs> no, but I'll go. I'll go. I'll go for sure and, and hang if out. If you're going to say at the beginning of this podcast that you believe that these ticket prices are outrageous and that Inter Miami fans should be up in arms about it, well, then you should be out there with the people listening to them express their frustration <laughs> in person, Jose, not just on social media, my friend. And that's where I think – I've been, listen, I've invited you and you've gotten invites from – Plenty of fans and different supporters groups to come hang out pregame. And you've always said you're going to come and you've never done it. That needs to happen in 2024. That needs to no, happen. No, no, we'll, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go. Before the end of the season, we'll go together. So no, I'll, no, I'll no. Make... See, that's why I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to do that to you because there's only a handful of games left, uh, less than a handful of games, home games left. So it's going to very limit you. And, and you have other duties on the weekends. You call games um, for USL. So. I'm not gonna make you. I'm not gonna make you stick to that because then that's gonna be a false promise. No, next no, no. Year, I already have a plan. Year, early, I already have a plan. Year, early next year, Jose. Early next year. By the way, here is a final thought. I'm gonna leave it out there for you guys that are still here late. Little little treat. I mean, I've heard. Don't know where, but I've heard that next year's preseason might be international for Inter Miami. They Ooh. may be going abroad. The Lionel Messi show, which would make sense, is going to go abroad to you know obviously prepare for the 2024 campaign but also you know sell tickets sell jerseys see some more eyeballs or get in front of more eyeballs in uh in different parts of the world are they making room for media on the on the plane because i know like <laughs> houston dynamo made room made room for media there were media members who traveled with the team so that's always that's a mind-boggling thing to me that's always a mind-boggling thing to me and i, I know it happens like the U.S. Men's National Team has done that at different points with different, you know, members of their core media. They'll have them travel on the same team plane. Of course, there's rules and things that you can't do or say. It's also done for security reasons if we're going to like a Central American country that's maybe not the safest. Um, I don't know. It's it's a, it's an interesting. I have thoughts on it. It's it's an interesting dynamic there. But because um, like your your job is to report, right? Your job is to unveil the truth but then if you agree to that then you're kind of withholding well i mean you, truth, you right? can agree i i know the 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 press pool rules for the white house and you can't report some i mean that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't report um everything that you see you just you know there's a there's a fine line between what you can do and you can't now this is mls so you know, <laughs> I think it might be worse. I, I don't know. Jose, listen, we'll, 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 we'll close out the show with this. Right. Yes. If we've seen if we've seen the prices for tickets for Inter Miami fans for next year, if there was any chance that they would put us on a plane with the team to travel to wherever they're headed, um, we're not on the list. for preseason. No, we could be on the list, but Jorge Mas is going to charge us a pretty penny, my friend. I don't oh, think. I don't, don't think. I don't think. I don't think we're I'm getting. Not on the list. <laughs> 
I don't think we're going for free, my friend. I think you're gonna have to cough up a pretty penny. That that's safe. You're gonna be next year with the fans. You're going to be like this? No, this is outrageous. We cannot pay these uh, exorbitant prices because you're gonna have felt the same pain. No, take just, me off the joke. list. That's a joke. That's a joke. Um, all right, we'll leave it there for this second show of the week. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in, listening, watching. Again, please give us a like, comment, share, subscribe on YouTube, and a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So for Jose Armando, I am Franco Penizo. You have been listening to Miami Total Football Radio. We will talk to you guys again next week.